G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, you'll know in recent weeks there's been significant controversy that has grown up around the way we talk about God because there were a number of Catholic schools in Brisbane in Queensland that had decided that somehow or other they might decide to refer to God in a non-masculine sense. Now, I wonder whether that makes sense to all of us as we think about God and we think about God the way that he has revealed himself to humanity. Well, Bill Muhlenberg has been writing about this issue after the controversy around those Catholic schools, and I think they were Catholic girls' schools. But let's get a little insight here into some of the issues. Bill Muhlenberg, a special welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, these were girls' schools, so you might assume that teachers of girls uh, wanting to uh, enlarge and enhance the value of femininity might attack this sort of issue here by trying to make this sound very PC, politically correct. What were your thoughts for things that were going on in Brisbane in some of those Catholic schools? Well, it's not new, sadly, and it's not exclusive uh, either to Catholic schools. We've sadly had Protestant schools and churches do the same foolishness over the years, try to give us a gender-neutral uh, Christianity that God himself is, you know, we... Well, I mean, sure, God is not male or female. God is spirit, as Jesus tells us in John. But when they push this to try to say we no longer are going to use the words Father, use the word Son, even use the word Lord... Uh, come on, you know, you're no longer even close to being a, some sort of Christian when you rejig scripture to uh, push this kind of uh, feminist foolishness. So, uh, not picking on any one group here, but yeah, some of these elite uh, Catholic schools up your way, you know, their parents are spending a ton of money, I guess, to send their kids there, but boy, I, I'd, I'd look for a new school if that's the kind of. Uh, theological depth these guys are pushing. I suspect that most Catholic listeners to our conversation today would be equally outraged uh, that there is some way uh, those who are in authority in a Catholic girls' school who might take it upon themselves to change so fundamentally what is in the Bible. Uh, This is a challenging thing, isn't it? Because the Bible's been there, uh, well, uh, 2,000 years, let's say, uh, not being specific on that, but we've got 2,000 years of the authoritative word of God and someone comes along and in a whisper decides to change it Uh, that in itself has got problems yeah well it's a big worry and again this is not just uh, minor things I mean we've had uh, as you know uh, kind of gender neutral language Bibles in the past you know attempts to you know not get anybody's nose bent out of joint, I guess, and, you know, there might be a small place for this, but when you 
deal with the real basics, again, the self-revelation of God, how he chose to identify himself, right? We uh, kind of, uh, you know, make fun nowadays with the whole trans thing and say, you know, did you just assume my gender? Well, God has assumed his gender, and he's told us exactly what it is. He told us. Again, uh, he's not male or female, but every single name and word used for God in Scripture is overwhelmingly masculine. He refers to himself as father. He refers to his son as son. Uh, And again, words like Lord, which may have a masculine connotation, those are vital to the biblical storyline. So to get rid of all these in the interests of political correctness is just madness and where does it all stop i mean uh, sure we have as we've uh, noted in my article the occasional feminine terms you think you know the classic jesus with in the gospels speaking about jerusalem and kind of referring to himself as a hen would gather her chicks under her wings you know so i would you know i weep over you jerusalem so, sure, the, the Bible is not immune from using sometimes these feminine uh, descriptors or characterizations of God, but overwhelmingly, again, we don't have the Bible referring to God the Mother. It's always God the Father and so on. So um, if we want to change things so we can fit in with the trendy world of today, uh, but to do it by really trashing the Word of God, well, that's that's not how we need to proceed here. I can hear you say here, Bill, that when you reflect on these things theologically, you can see that God is above masculine, above Mm -hmm. feminine. But if he chose to reveal himself as male, then that's the pronoun that we ought not change because it really would introduce complete confusion to the way we can see theology historically and the way we might think about God today. It would take a whole new rethink. Well, it's not just a rethink. We're basically saying God was wrong in telling us how to think about him. And again, it's not just the actual names, but all the kind of activities and roles that God is described as, whether a prince or a priest or a warrior or a groom or a king, Right, These are all male images and terms used uh, to speak of God. Uh, Israel is seen as the bride of Yahweh, just as the church in the same way is seen as the bride of Christ. So overwhelmingly, in every way, uh, we have this kind of male terminology, male characteristics. Again, God is, as you said, beyond male and female. He's a spiritual being, uh, John 4. But... When God chooses to reveal himself in certain ways, we shouldn't take it lightly. So when you hear of these sorts of controversies and disputes arising, Bill, and this won't be the last, uh, I suspect if you get the context and the understanding of what's happening, I imagine that you can see these sorts of things just playing into the transgender agenda, the idea of doing away with those masculine pronouns, the idea of promoting a different agenda, which really is anti-God. Yeah, well, that's right. It's not just kind of happening uh, in a vacuum as if, you know, people just thought, oh, maybe we'll be more uh, 
inclusive to our female students or whatever. This is all part of a much bigger, more radical agenda, namely... As you said, there's the trans agenda before that, the homosexual agenda before that, the radical feminist agenda. Uh, you know, this has been going on for 40, 50 years now, and they've deliberately targeted the church. They've deliberately targeted the Bible and theology, uh, trying to rewrite Scripture, re-image uh, who God is in their own likeness. So it's... Uh, it's not just, uh, you know, let's be nice and be sensitive to the boys and girls in our classroom. This is much more. It's a rewriting of the Bible. It's an attempt to change who God is and how he reveals himself to us. And that's all been part of the cultural Marxist strategy. The war on the family has always been an integral part of this. And uh, what better way to have it trashed in the scripture itself, get rid of even the concept of a mother and a father and a son and a daughter and make us all androgynous little, you know, things without any sort of uh, gender. But God made us that way, Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created us in his likeness and image, male and female. So it's big stuff when we start messing around with this. But again, it's not happening by accident. Bill, this happens in just a few schools, and then it makes a headline. Then the rest of us who are in church on Sunday and someone says, uh, let's pray the Lord's Prayer, and immediately we have this Mm. doubt come into our mind. (laughs) Oh, should I be praying our Father who art in heaven? And uh, there's a risky thing here. What are your thoughts for Christian believers who might waver uh, when it comes to this idea of recognizing God has revealed himself as Father and to proudly use the masculine terminology with reference to God? Well, we should run with what God has run with and not be ashamed of it. Instead of simply bowing down to the latest politically correct ideology, We should uh, resist it and stand strong with God in Scripture as he's revealed himself. Again, there can be some slight room to move. Uh, Recall uh, some time ago, you know, we had discussions amongst Christians in America. You know, should we keep referring to God as Father, especially when we think in terms of, say, evangelizing the black community? Because they've got such a devastating proportion of... uh, children, of course, who grow up with no father. So in many, uh, for many blacks in America, the, you know, the very notion of father has kind of a negative connotation. So again, to be sensitive in a kind of missionary way, how we can best present God to a particular people, uh, that's one thing, and that's fair enough. But again, to simply bow down to latest trends, whether feminist and homosexual and trans trends, just to appease that, and rewrite scripture and re-describe who God is in the process, uh, that's something we have to say no to. Once we do that, we've really given up our own faith. And to buck the trend is really, really very damaging and very complex because appreciating this relationship that God has with humanity uh, or with his bride, you have this bridegroom and bride 
illustration of God's relationship to mankind. And uh, that's very important too when it comes into the marriage relationship that we see as a biblical foundation between a man and a woman. A lot of these things so interrelated together. Uh, What are your thoughts for resisting in such a way that you don't upset your whole understanding of what's happening between God and man? Hmm. Yeah, well, you're quite right. They are interconnected. Um, You know, as he said, the marriage issue. Back when we had the marriage debate, we all, or at least many of us, were saying this is not just a small issue. It's really tied into something much bigger and much more fundamental. When you redefine the very nature of marriage and take out male and female as God intended it to be from day one, you really damage the bigger picture, as you say, of God and his people, uh, Christ and his bride. This is a fundamental biblical storyline material, how God reveals himself, how he looks at us, his people. So when we mess with marriage, we also mess with these bigger paradigms and these bigger frameworks by which God has established things. So it's no small fry stuff here we're dealing with. And uh, sadly, we're just seeing too many churches, too many church schools uh, trying to be friends with the world instead of trying to be friends with God and His revealed Word. Well, there might be listeners who'd like to read some more of the thoughts that Bill Muhlenberg has put uh, with pen to paper. Uh, One of the latest articles that he's written is called Churches Aligned with Evil, Seduced by the Sexual Sirens. And uh, some of the thoughts from today's conversation come from that article. You can find that when you go online at com, or you can Google Culture Watch, one word. Bill, good to catch up. Thanks so much for being with us once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.